weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, we're all look here. Look at us, professionals. <laughs> it's that Paul Rudd gif. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look at us. Look not, not hot ones. Us. You remember that? I don't. Yeah. Hot ones is that show oh, where that. people eat the. I do love hot ones. Yeah, that's a great. Show. Well, you you bought good all the hot sauces. I did one season. Yeah, yeah we did it on uh, on vacation. We had a. Wow. I can't believe you don't know the gift though with Paul Rudd. That's that's legit my favorite one to send out. What is it? Hey, what is it? Hey, look at us. Who knew? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> it's just yeah. It, it sounds very Paul Rudd. It does. It's very yeah. Paul Rudd. Yeah. And it, it works in a lot of situations. You don't hear a lot experience. of Paul Rudd impersonations, do you? No. No. That was a good one. I felt like really. Yeah. yeah. Would you do the Hot One Show? Right. I feel like you would, Mark. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Would you? Too, I mean, I, I recreated me. it on my own yeah. at the beach. I put Brandy's family <laughs> through it all. It's my hobby. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, do it myself. I enjoy the pain of others. I do it after this. <laughs> pallet burner. You're a pallet burner. I can't yeah. wait for lunch. I'm about to do it again. <laughs> yeah. I recently uh, brought in a hot sauce for Mark to try. Yeah. I used it yesterday. Oh, did you? Good. I did. What Great. brand? What flavor? <clears throat> it is Tabasco Sriracha. Oh. And I think it's lovely. I I enjoy it. I put it on my chicken and rice, and that's all so far. But um, sounds lovely. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's sriracha, but it's got that Tabasco kick to it. Yeah. So it is thick. It's yeah. Like a thicker yeah. Sauce. It's a thicker sauce. Okay. You can't get uh, the regular sriracha. Right. What brand is that? How do you do? You know how to say sriracha it? is the brand. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. I thought it was like. I thought there was another a oh, name. Maybe not. Yeah. yeah, there's been a shortage of it for years. Because of the peppers. They can't yeah. get the peppers, Yeah, apparently. So I've been looking for, well, I had a shit. Better stock up and sell it on eBay. Well, the, you, can't, you can't get the original stuff. So I've been looking for an alternative, and this stuff really was good. Rachel and I were at a Chinese buffet several months back. I think when I was on break. And they had the regular sriracha that we're all used to seeing yeah. uh, on, you know, stations on their buffet and i wondered if those were real bottles yeah. or they just save the bottles and put an alternative <laughs> trader joe's has a knockoff sriracha display it's not bad i've i had a i was like well i found sriracha ketchup yeah. by that mm -hmm. same brand yeah who makes the regular sriracha yeah and i ate it and i felt funny i didn't i didn't feel right <laughs> so yeah. i'm sensitive to like msg Mm -hmm. And I should have read the ingredients better. And oh. there's uh, MSG. It makes my heart pound. Yeah. Very odd. Like if I decide to eat any type of like soup, I need to get MSG free. Yeah. My um, mom has a sensitivity. Yeah. That. It really messes with, with me um, quite, quite a bit. So I uh, went to like a two year period where I avoided every food that because MSG is labeled monosodium glutamate, but it, they also hide it in words like natural flavor or spices they can just put like a little dab of mmsg in there yeast extract fresh right fresh <laughs> yeah <laughs> organic i guess the city, all these words mean msg <laughs> i guess the town where they make sriracha um like the factory uh that was in the news a few years back that like the factory is problematic to the area because the pepper gets in the air. Oh boy. Yeah. Of course. And so like people like you can't hang out around this factory where they produce sriracha cause it's just so heavy in the air that it can actually start to burn your eyes. Wow. That sounds awful. I can't imagine working in the building. No. Yeah. I don't know if goggles will do it or maybe it's cause they're pumping it all out of the building. They probably oh. have. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. That you, sounds like a movie. Do you cry when you cut onions, Chad? Yeah. 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 Do you? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Is there are there people that are not sensitive? I've thought that there were people that were less sensitive to that. They say that it's drawn to moisture, so if you get yourself a, a wet paper towel and cut the onion on the wet paper towel, oh, that whatever sure. gets thrown in the air gets sucked down into the paper yeah. towel. That, that is helpful. If you look away though, it makes a big difference. Does it? Like you can do things to like <laughs> if you, you can't kind of see where the knife is cutting. Kind of like sin. <laughs> Yeah, great transition. Yeah. Professional transition. <laughs> I've often said that sin is like an onion. Pastoral transition. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, welcome to the Atrium. This is a Hope Christian Church podcast. My name is Neil. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope. And this man... <laughs> Nothing to add this, this time. This man wandered in. Oh, this man. man. <laughs> this guy. Uh, I'm Chad. I'm the student pastor here. And you are... I'm Mark. I'm the adult pastor. Episode... 69. 69 episode 69 one under 70 it's a big deal yep. uh yeah you've I'm, given up any cool nicknames for me i don't know on this episode well you wear uh a lot of the same <laughs> brand yeah um that one has a bird on it that one has a bird on it i like it yeah. how many grateful shirts do you have we were talking to liz on sunday your wife liz yeah about your yellow track uh, outfit <laughs> yeah I kept um, telling my son when we went <laughs> trick-or-treating I was yellow man. That's what she said. <laughs> and uh, and you called me monochromatic on the Monochromatic, right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I said, I was like, you like that outfit? And she was like, eh. <laughs> She didn't seem to deny it, but she didn't seem enthused yeah. either. Yeah. But I was, um, I didn't tell you that it reminded me of a mafia uh, track uh, outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel and I. That's what I'm going for. Yeah, yeah. Rachel and I watched this documentary, and it was about mafia in the when mafia was a thing. I think it's still a thing. Um, it's just not as prevalent. It's different, yeah. It's different now. Um, so this is when you know they had the bosses and the Godfathers and stuff. But like these MSG. guys were. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they don't call it the mafia anymore. <laughs> they call it yeast extract. That's right. That's what it is. Um, these guys wore a lot of the uh, outfits like you had on. Oh, sure. Yeah, and uh, I meant to mention that when I saw it, but it looked cozy. Yeah, it was, and you match from head to toe, and Liz is just used to it. How do you pick years. shoes when you're all yellow like that? What did you? I didn't notice the shoe selection. That was all accidental. I did have yellow shoes on. Did you really? In that picture I sent you. Okay. I yeah. had those yellow New Balances on, and oh, that's right. Yeah. I had, I had those purchased ones. those previously for fashion and athletics. How was trick or treating? Uh, we haven't. Uh, we've spoke in person, but oh, yeah, we got our last uh, yeah, our last episode was on Halloween. You guys made it out, Mark, right? Yeah, we made it. It went well. How was the pool? The community pool. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, we had a good time. Yeah, we made it yeah. almost the full two hours, not quite. It started to get windy at the very end. We did, had a good time. Did people recognize John Calvin? What's that? Oh, people recognize John Calvin. <laughs> yeah, Lucy Luther. doesn't do a good John Calvin. I've learned that. <laughs> You're trying your best. Yeah. And you guys went and Chad. Yeah. So went as Yellow Man. And what was Yellow Man? Did Liz and, dress up at all? For you? No. No. Nope. Just yeah. We just had to run. She came uh, from work, and then it was planned to go to. The plan was to go to. Um, Ledger's little friend's neighborhood and pass out some candy because they're only two and three. Yeah. So they're not going to be chewing most candies out there. Most candies. Yeah. Um, but impromptu, he noticed that all these kids were coming up getting candy in a bucket. He found a bucket and then started running away. So yeah. we had to take him and he he suddenly wondered or, or realized this is an awesome holiday. I get to yeah. go up to everybody's driveway and they say, take all of this chocolate. It's cold out here and I'd like to go in. Yeah. So he could just take 
<laughs> you know, handfuls. How old is he? He's he's two and two, a half. Okay. Can is he speaking at all? Trying to get anything out yet? Oh yeah. Is he okay? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. So is it intelligible? Like, mm-hmm. can you understand it? Some of it. What? Yeah. So did he try to say trick or treat to these people? Oh yeah, he was saying yeah. trick or treat. Happy no, Halloween. Great. Chocolate. Yeah, that's the best. One. Give me, give me chocolate <laughs> was his favorite phrase. Give me chocolate. We had to start teaching him <clears throat> trick or treat or happy Halloween. Yeah, yeah, the demanding. Although was, yeah. at his age, you can get away with that. Yeah, you get, when you're really young, and then I think when you're really old, you can get away with being slightly demanding. Yeah, not us. We're no, that, no, no. We're in that that middle yeah. middle thing. We went out. It got really cold mm-hmm. by us at like six forty five, and it was like walking home and. Yeah. Now thirty miles an hour, thirty mile an hour winds, and the temperature dropped by like twenty degrees. The last like half a mile walk was pretty miserable. But overnight, as it should be, we got the snow. We did, and it welcomed us into Christmas. Yeah, as it, as it should be on Halloween. Do you like snow or no, Chad? Uh, I like the look of it, but after yeah. three months of it, yeah, you, you get tired of it pretty quick. Yeah, hate driving in it. Yeah, are you a winter guy? Yeah, I'm okay with winter. You're okay? You don't mind it? Yeah, yeah I don't care for it. Well, I think we're done talking about the weather. <laughs> yeah. Get your vitamin D this season. Get your vitamin D this season. So uh, <clears throat> last week we had a very special Sunday, and it went great. I was very excited about this. Uh, Mary and Wallace Kamau from Missions of Hope, the founders of Missions of Hope International, uh, came in town. They hadn't been here since 2016 and last time uh, they were here it's it's they as in missions of hope it was just mary and uh, we didn't get a chance i didn't get a chance to meet wallace her husband and so this was a very special trip they have broken away and and for those that don't know what missions of hope international is it's a mission uh in africa in Kenya, that provides uh, all kinds of things for kids. Uh, education, schooling is their primary thing, um, but they partner with churches. Uh, you sponsor kids, and I'm giving you a very Cliff's Notes version of it. Go look it up online. It's a pretty amazing organization, one we've been partnered with for the last eight years. Bob has been partnered with for 14 years. And so they were here on Sunday, and we got some updates from them. And then uh, it was a child sponsorship Sunday. Our school in uh, is the Mathari North School in Nairobi, and there's about 900 students there, and there were about 300 unsponsored kids there. And so uh, Mary and Wallace came in, and we had a wonderful response people really really turned out and we'll give you some updates on sunday as to those numbers i will tell you we're going to have the table out another week so if you uh, didn't feel that uh, level of comfort or you had to you know run somewhere in uh, but over the past week you've been praying on it and you feel the lord pressing on you that you want to sponsor a kid you can do that on sunday as well we'll have those same um forms and pictures available so people can fill that stuff out. But the, yeah, the response was just over overwhelming. And it was so great to just spend some time after, uh, you know, Saturday night, you know, Mark, you were here and, uh, we were here with Marion Wallace and a group of what was it, about 25 people, maybe yeah. about 25 people yeah. uh, that are considering, uh, going back to uh, missions of hope on a missions trip. And so it was great to just to spend some time with Mary and Wallace then. And then uh, after church, we got a chance to go out and eat some, um, 
Mexican food with Mary and Wallace. Yeah, I went to Don Ramon. That's best. Bob loves taking people to Don Ramon. <laughs> that's where you were courted, isn't it? <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> yeah. And I that's go the first there a time lot. we met. Do you really? Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. They completely changed their menu. Well, I'll take it. It was great. Uh, they had this Mexican stew that I really enjoyed. That oh, yeah. Bob turned me on to. And gone. Yeah. Gone. It's just what happens for you. I got to tell you. Taco Bell, <laughs> Don Ramon. Yeah. Yeah, so this guy likes it. Get rid of it. That was the entire. I believe I was the catalyst for the the destruction of the Midway Mall in Elyria. Like I started really enjoying places like uh, the TGI Fridays. Gone. Sounds the, like a Goosebumps title. The Ground Round. <laughs> gone. Fazoli's. You guys like Fazoli's? Yeah. I used to love Fazoli's. Never heard of her. It's a, f- a fast casual. Fast food Italian. Oh, fast food Italian. Yeah. That's like the, the big tomato is the, yeah. the logo. The yes. breadsticks that were bread sticks, gotcha. half yeah. soaked in butter and garlic. Been. Oh, boy. It's sounds, incredible. Sounds like. But they're all gone. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You missed out. <laughs> it's there too was, late for There you. was definitely one in Mansfield when I lived in Ashland. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the one I've been to. Okay. We almost went to Shake Shack yesterday. Oh. But we decided not to. We went you to Fred- I went to Freddy's. No. Oh. <laughs> Rachel. Right. Did you like Freddy's? I. I might prefer Freddy's to Shake Shack, which is... I do enjoy Freddy's. That may, He gets passionate about this. Did you try the cheese curds at Freddy's? No, I didn't. Oh, boy. But I did have... They just uh, brought out the peppermint Oreo milkshake. Okay. I had that with my burger and fries. Yeah. What Killer. burger did you get? Just the classic number one. This is the... It was a double Okay, burger. the double steak. Yeah, burger, yeah. Yeah. So good. The yeah. lady at the drive-thru got real frustrated with me. Not frustrated. But uh, <laughs> my, for our first time there, and everything's called a steak burger. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, can I have a, a steak burger with cheese? A double steak burger with cheese, single steak burger with cheese. <laughs> I kept saying with cheese. And she was finally like, uh, sir, they all come with cheese. <laughs> and I was like, I did not know that. And she's like, well, all the pictures show the burgers with cheese. Like, I was like, I'm really sorry about that. But Needless to say, we hate some Mexican with Marion Wallace and um, just got to spend some time with them. You see how that goes? <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. And uh, so thankful for them, for them and their ministry. Yeah. Um, we partner with, we don't partner with a lot of different missions, organizations, or missionaries. Uh, and I shared this on the podcast in the past. We would rather partner with fewer and then be able to make a massive impact for them. And so we've put a lot of resources, financial uh, resources, time resources into uh, the partnership. And it was just great to be able to see some of that and for our people to be able to lay eyes on Mary and Wallace. And it was a, definitely a powerful Sunday. Uh, they showed uh, a couple of videos and these things, like I said, on Sunday, they're, they're hard to watch. Um, you know, we've all got kids and the thought, I told Rachel, like, I went up to that wall. I wanted to adopt every one of them. I didn't want to just sponsor them. Like, you want to take them in um, and then love on them because they don't, yeah. they don't have, they literally have, like, nothing. They, they don't have anything. And we have everything. We have everything. And so um, I found it to be in a very emotional Sunday, uh, I think, as well. I think a lot of people were uh, touched. And I was very grateful for that because that, that produces a call to, to action for people. And so, again, we're excited to, sh- to share uh, some updates on, on Sunday. But Mary and Wallace are back in Arizona now. They'll be there uh, till the end of November, and then they're headed back to Africa as well. So a wonderful Sunday. This Sunday we will 
pick back up in Timothy. We're going to be in First Timothy chapter four, taking a look at the key ingredients of of the church, I'm talking about um, you know, what Paul has uh, for Timothy and us today, as far as how to be a healthy church. But today, let's talk about demons. Yeah, we have a very very demon themed angel themed <laughs> i don't know there's a lot of demon stuff angels and evil angels <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll say angels yeah. um we should have done this for the halloween episode <laughs> that would have been no you guys don't care for that That's well fine. we got to do a trick-or-treat follow-up it works it does still on brand yeah no uh this is interesting it, it seemed like we had a few questions come in uh, dealing with uh, angels and, and demons fallen angels and they're this is an interesting topic. Um, I will say that it's been some years for me since I've really dove deep into this topic. Um, and I think part of that is because so there's so little <laughs> information in Scripture. There's a lot there, but it's hard to decipher. There's a lot of angelic activity, demonic activity, but the ins and outs of how it all works uh, can be pretty pretty complex. And I think for a lot of people, uh, movies and television and books have certainly colored what we think uh, Satan is, who we think he is, how he presents, um, what demons are, you know. It takes all of about two seconds of a walk with your kids down <laughs> trick-or-treat lane to see what the movies have decided the Prince of Darkness <laughs> looks like, yeah. what angels do, what angels look like. Is there a, a hierarchy to angels? What is What does all that look like? And so um, it was good for me, and we got these questions in several weeks. This was what we were going to talk about when everybody got sick <laughs> the week after. So uh, we've had these sitting, uh, laying for a little bit. So so let's start off. Um, and I think a good place to start off uh, would be, I think I'll start off uh, because there is some question as to the origin of all this. And we're going we're gonna to get get into the origin a little bit of Satan. So the first question is this, did the devil take angels with him did the devil take angels with him and i have some notes i want to take us on a little journey here so i want to start with what uh, most considered to be the i would say most comprehensive account of uh, satan's fall and that'll take us to the old testament the book of ezekiel chapter 28 Starting, well, let me get there and see where we'll start here. And even this gets a little tricky for people because <clears throat> in this particular section of Scripture, you're talking about an actual prince, but then uh, this prince of Tyre, but then there's uh, certainly <laughs> strong, um, a strong case that this is also uh, talking about the fall of saints. So I'm just going to read the chapter here. Prophecy against the prince of Tyre. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man. Say to the prince of Tyre, thus says the Lord God, because your heart is proud and you have said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of gods in the heart of the seas. 
Yet you are but a man and no God, though you make your heart like the heart of a God. You are indeed wiser than Daniel. No secret is hidden from you by your wisdom. Your understanding you have made wealth for yourself and have gathered gold and silver into your treasures. By your great wisdom in your trade, you have increased your wealth and your heart has become proud in your wealth. Therefore, thus says the Lord... God, because you make your heart like the heart of a God, therefore, behold, I will bring foreigners upon you, the most ruthless of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. They shall thrust you down into the pit, and you shall die the death of the slain in the heart of the seas. Will you still say, I am a God in the presence of those who kill you, though you are but a man and no God in the hands of those who slay you? You shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of foreigners, for I have spoke, declares the Lord. So you've got these first uh, 10 verses that are dealing with this Prince of Tyre. Verse 11, uh, if you have um, headings on your Bible, uh, it would say something along the lines of a, a lament over the king of Tyre. Verse 11, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God. And then this Second half of verse 12, you get this shift. You were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of a God. This tells us right away, we're not talking about a, a person anymore. Uh, you were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Uh, sardius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, em emerald, and carbuncle, and crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst, and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you by the multitude of your iniquities. In the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuary. So I brought fire out from your midst. It consumed you, and I turned you to ashes on the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who know you among the peoples are appalled at you. You have come to a dreadful end and shall be no more forever. Yowza! <laughs> That's a bit of a heavy section of Scripture. You get this, uh, this shift, this change in verse 12, where you're clearly talking about Satan, Lucifer, being in Eden, uh, created, God casting him out from heaven. It's pretty clear that this is language uh, speaking about things of the past, but then it moves into this prophetic portion, uh, what I believe to be events that have not happened. Uh, you know, all who know you among the peoples are appalled. You have come to a dreadful end. God will end Satan at some point. You know, by the multitude of your iniquities and the unrighteousness of your trade, you profane your sanctuary. So I brought fire from your mist, and it consumed you. God's going to destroy Satan. So here we've got this created being Satan because of his beauty, because of his desire to uh, be God, <laughs> to be in um, the same sphere as God, the same power as God, uh, God cast him down uh, out of heaven. So it kind of starts there. And for me, one of the most confusing verses in all of the Bible is Ezekiel 28, 15. 
this I'm just this is me personally. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. That's pretty complex. And we're not going to get into the meat of all of that. Some uh, some translations will say, you know, you were perfect until iniquity was found in you, until sin was found in you. That's really tough to, to reconcile uh, for me somewhat. And I don't spend too much time on it. Uh, there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different interpretations, but God creates Satan. God hates sin. But Satan, and you see the, you know, it happened in the Garden of Eden, right? Pride, wanting to have that same knowledge of, of God, Adam and Eve eating the fruit. Somehow pride wells up in Satan, even though it was created by God. It's a really challenging thing uh, to, to reconcile, but that's the story. So you've got the story, Satan uh, rebels, is proud, iniquity, sin, unrighteousness is found in him. God casts him down. The question is, did he take angels with him? And this is where you got to really start to piece things together because there's no verse in the Bible that says, and Satan took angels with him, specifically in that type of language. What you do see, and we'll turn to Isaiah chapter 14, is there is in Isaiah 14 kind of a different kind of language referring to to Satan. If you look at verses, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we'll start for 11. Your pomp is brought down to shale. The sound of your harps, maggots are laid as a bed beneath you, and worms are your covers. Verse 12, how you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. Again, yeah, now we've got this language here uh, where Satan, I believe this this day star, Satan, this re- reference to this star is Satan and wanting to ascend above the stars of God, wanting a position over God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit the mount of assembly in far reaches in the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Satan desiring to be like God. But you are brought down to shield to the far reaches of the pit. Those who will see will stare at you and ponder over you. Again, this is, you know, Isaiah, this prophecy is this man who made the earth tremble, who shook the kingdoms, made the world, and it goes on and on and on. Um, again, not going to get too much into this, but I want you to, to understand that language that Satan now here is being referred to as a star, oh, day star. It's capitalized in, in my Bible, day star of the sun. So you've got Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, all these names, and he was an angel, God... Uh, designed him, he created him, sin is found in him, he wants to be like the Most High, he wants to ascend above the Most High, and God casts him down like a star from the heavens, he gets thrown down. We know that this is Satan because of the language that Jesus uses in Luke chapter 10. If you go to Luke chapter 10, uh, there's a, a verse, verse 18, where Jesus refers to Satan with that similar type of language. Luke 10, 18, uh, the 72 returned, verse 17, with joy, saying to the Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus says to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So this idea of lightning, star, light, falling, it's all intermixed. So you've got him as a star, him as lightning falling from heaven, and that kind of reaffirms in what Isaiah says, Jesus affirming what Isaiah says. We know now that Isaiah is talking about 
Satan. So all that gets put in this pile. And if you move over to Revelation chapter 12, we're getting somewhere. Revelation chapter 12, verse 4, is where this idea of a third of the angels going with Satan. Starting verse 1, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out of the birth pains and the agony of birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. So, there's that language again referring to uh, angels as stars, Satan here being described as a red dragon. And when you piece this all together, what seems to make the most sense is Satan was created. Satan was filled with pride because of his beauty, because of uh, his position, what God had um, designed him for. That pride manifest in him a desire to ascend above God, to be like God, and even ascend above God. God casts Satan down, and somehow as Satan is cast down, his tail swept down a third of the stars from heaven. So this idea of his tail sweeping down, did he take angels with him by force, did he influence those angels and convince them? Did God cast these angels down because of their alliance? It seems to be that the sweeping of the tail would be more of not a forceful taking angels with him, but more of a convincing them to go but we don't really know the exact answer because Scripture doesn't give us the exact answer as to how that happened. We see that God cast Satan down. What we don't see is God casting a third of the stars down. We see Satan's tail sweeping, whether or not that means he convinced them or that um, by force. And by force is going to be tough because he doesn't have any authority. He doesn't have any power over them. There is a hierarchy to uh, angels, and there seems to be you know different jobs and functions assigned to angels. Uh, but we don't know exactly what that means. There's a lot of different theories on that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, the question is, uh, did the devil take angels with him? Angels went with him. That's probably the best way to answer it. And it seems from this, as you piece it together, that a third of the angels went with him. Now, how many angels is that? A lot. <laughs> That's all we know. <laughs> a lot. There's no number. We don't know how many angels. I mean, you, you look at demon possession, you know, uh, and there's, you know, people are possessed by multiple demons, maybe even thousands, right? Uh, who are you? Legion, Legion, a Roman Legion was anywhere from eight to 12,000. So, you, you know, if maybe one person had eight to 12,000 demons in them, that's possible. Um, whatever it is, it's a, it's a lot. Mm. It's a lot. So... <laughs> Now those fallen angels, you know, we refer to as as demons, but they're fallen angels. They were created as angels. They were created to do um, certain work. And again, somehow through the process of Satan's um, fall, Satan's pride, God casting Satan out, kicking Satan out, throwing him down from the mountain of God, 
how it's described in Scripture, these angels came came with him. So that's my understanding. And again, it's not you know you can go deeper with it, and you could certainly be more thorough. And it's that's my view of these texts in light of um, what makes the most sense. But we don't get a clear cut in order uh, description of how things went went down. So that's what I've kind of pieced together over the years, and I'm comfortable with that. What are your thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah, the most clear-cut part is when Jesus says what he saw, because Jesus is a teacher of clarity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I saw Satan, which again puts him in that position as a teacher, saying, I'm not just a man, I'm not just a teacher here. He's been he's cl- he's claiming to be God. He's been for, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's been known to forgive sins, and now he's saying, I saw Satan fall. I saw the enemy fall like lightning. Okay, that's a lot more clear. And the other ones you mentioned are, uh, I believe all of them were, yeah, all of them were some kind of vision and revelation of a human, uh, where a human being is trying to process the information they saw that they just don't know how to put into words with clarity because it's so um, over the top. It's overwhelming what they saw. Um, we can't even imagine it, what their senses were doing, trying to take in what they saw in a revelation. So that is what we have. Now, I don't know if it's unfortunate, but the byproduct is what you're see- like what you said on trick-or-treat lane. We're seeing what people fill in the gaps with uh, and let their imaginations run wild on this darkness and demonic spiritual realm topic. Um, and people get excited about it, and they end up dressing up in ways to scare people. Mm. And then we have movies, and we have shows, we have all this media that I don't understand it. I've been having this conversation around Halloween. I couldn't, I, I just never gotten into the the gory, horror, demonic stuff. Had, had friend groups uh, want to get together and watch these movies, and I just don't get it. Like, I don't want that on my mind, you know? No. Um, but what I've seen when people do let uh, let uh, that media be consumed is, uh, I actually just had a student this, uh, yeah, on Sunday night, ask me and another leader a question about uh, a group chat they were in. A person was saying, hey, I'm, I'm going through some spiritual warfare. These are teenagers trying to make sense of stuff they're feeling. What they said was, that I'm, I'm hearing lies and deception, mainly about myself, and I just am going through some kind of spiritual warfare and would like some prayer. And somebody else in the group chat, not not the, the student I have, but the student brought up, hey, somebody else in the group chat said, like, I'm kind of worried to pray about this because I don't want any spiritual warfare or demonic influence attaching to me. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're popping their head up like whack-a-mole. Like, now the devil can see me because I'm praying for this individual. So we had to walk him through... Um, you know, a lot of that stuff is going to be coming from movies and media and, yeah. and the imaginations that run wild on this stuff because we can't figure it out. Well, some of it comes from the church, too. Like, yeah. you know, there's this whole deliverance movement, yeah, right, that you can be a faithful follower of, of Jesus Christ, but you've got these, and it's been described, there's been books written about it, that, you know, your body's a temple, but there's multiple rooms in the temple, and you mm. may have these demons hiding in these temple rooms, and so you go to these... Uh, deliverance preachers and they'll pray over uh, somebody who is a, a, a Christian, uh, somebody who has been given faith and believes that 
you know, the gospel message, but they are still have, and they'll say, well, it's not a possession. Maybe it's an oppression, but then they'll, they'll pray over it and they'll command these false spirits out as if light and dark can dwell in the same place. And so some of it's being perpetuated by the church as well. Sure. And, and there's this idea that, you know, you pray these things out of people and then, um, you know, be careful cause they can come back and that, so there's just a lot of convoluted and unclear when it comes to spiritual warfare. So you got a kid who's afraid to pray mm-hmm. because they think they're going to somehow activate something. You say bloody Mary in a mirror three times and bloody Mary shows up or Candyman or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's the boogeyman shows up and now you're, you're fighting Satan, you know, and we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the powers of darkness and, and this, you know, uh, the principalities of this world. And what does that really look like? What does spiritual warfare yeah. look like? Is it is it possession? Is it oppression? What is the difference between the two? So there's just so much convoluted information out there. But then you've got pastors saying, well, it doesn't matter what any of that is. Just come on in. We'll cast it out of you, mm-hmm. and you'll be good to go. And so you get a kid that's like, well, I don't, I don't mess with this, right? Because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to get the bad, you know, mojo (laughs) on me. So yeah, that's, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Mark? What do you got? Um, Well, there's another question on this list we have here that we're not addressing, but I want to go back to it. Yeah. So the first question here is, can you become an angel? Um, Oh, and that, yeah. Maybe, and maybe for me and my, the way I process things, it might be helpful to go back and get like, what is an angel? Yeah, sure. Um, Because we, I think it's worth saying explicitly that the devil is an angel. Yeah. Because um, there's just uh, this understanding of what angels are to begin with. Uh, devil taking them or not, whoever. Um, like that question, can you become an angel? A lot of people think you die and you become an angel. Mm. That's not That's not true. It's not scriptural. Angels are created beings and they're separate from mankind. They're separate from men and women, humans. Um you're right. There's a ton of mystery around it. A lot of the texts regarding angels aren't super easy to understand, and and the role of what they do exactly is hard for us to understand. And I think that's how God Sodom wants it to be. and Gomorrah, <laughs> like, so, yeah. yeah. But it also yeah. it also, as you referenced Ephesians six, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Um, it's it's there's a whole spiritual component to everything we see going on behind the scenes uh every everything that's happening in history there's a a spiritual component to it and i think the book of revelation is is kind of like the that first peek behind the curtain you know we start to see these this wild stuff yeah and it's there to show us that there's so much going on behind the scenes that we don't we don't think about a lot and to your point chad i think we don't get all the details because we can't process it or we wouldn't be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. Or, um, yeah, Jesus is like, yeah, here's what happened. <laughs> all the other writers right. are like, and he's, and in that moment, crazy. he's also, <laughs> he's also demonstrating authority over it. Yeah. Right? He's demonstrating authority over Satan. Yeah. Um, so in, so in scripture, we have angels that we're told there are angels. Um, and then, demons are angels that have fallen. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically evil angels. But we see this kind of, we see some patterns. We see some hierarchies, like uh, certain angels are named above other ones. Like you might think of a general and an army, that kind of thing. Um, and then we also see a mirror of that. So everything that God has done in His plan, Satan tries to mock and and, t- and uh, 
basically reproduce in a in his way. Yeah. He's trying to corrupt, basically produce a corrupted version. He has his unholy trinity. He has his unholy angels. Um, so we see kind of like this parallel between what God's doing, what Satan's doing. But um, we also view sometimes Satan to be like he's this special power. And from what we read, the passages you read and other passages, Satan was unique. He was special. He was perhaps even the, the chief angel right. before he fell, but he was still an angel. Right. He was still the creature and not the creator. He's not, he is not on level with God. He's not, there's not this great supernatural battle between good and evil and like, you know, they're boxing and it's this epic boxing match and one of them could potentially win. Uh, Satan is, is still the creature and he's still under God's power and under God's thumb. So, did the devil take angels with him? Yes, I think he did. In fact, if you keep reading in chapter 12 of yeah. Revelation, uh, it talks about Satan or the dragon as he's referred to in that chapter uh, and his angels. So he has angels. He has what we would call demons. Um, but the angels are separate from men and women. We're not going to die and become an angel. Christ didn't die for the angels. The angels aren't offered uh, mercy and grace. That's that's for humans. It's God's plan for humans. Yeah. Um, we're told that the angels will be judged, um, but they are not given, essentially not given a chance to repent. Right. Satan and his angels were cast out of heaven. Their fate is basically sealed. Like their their path, they're on the path that they're going to be on. Yeah. And then the angels that remain um, are in no need of mercy. Um, so, can you become an angel? No. Did the devil take angels with him? Um, it, I mean, the semantics of whether they went with him or whether they were forced to go with him, it's it's all in, under, under God's God's control. Um, yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, Chad, you're not getting your wings, buddy. <laughs> Sorry about that. Wingless Chad. So, I mean, that, but that also, you know, we're told... For anybody listening, just to give clarity, I wasn't ever asking. No. <laughs> <laughs> You many times in my office, you're like, "When do I become an angel?" <laughs> and I'm like, "That's not how it works." <laughs> well, I want to fly. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, go on. What's well, that? go on. Who? I felt I felt like we cut you off. <laughs> oh no, oh, did no, we? That's okay. That's okay. It'll probably come back later. Oh no, I'm sorry. Oh. Well, Chad, why don't you take the next one? Uh, yeah. Is it? Yeah, all of this fits. Yeah, this was actually a student question. The question is, does God give us angels on earth? Or in other words, do we have guardian angels? And I got to cover this question in our Q&A series with students uh, a few weeks ago. And to Mark's point, yeah, grandma doesn't die and become your guardian angel. That's something I hear a lot. A family member passes and, and they're watching over you. That's, mm -hmm. that's not scriptural. Um, so beyond that, just wanted to... While it was fresh and what Mark just said, I wanted to, to point that out. Yeah. Where I took students uh, first was Matthew 18, 10. Mm -hmm. And a few verses in Matthew 18. And, and that actually coincides with the parable of the lost sheep in Luke 15, too. So um, that is the context. Jesus is about to go into some parables. Um, Jesus speaks in Matthew 18.10 and says, See to it that you don't despise one of these little ones, because I tell you that in heaven their angels continually view the face of my Father in heaven. So that's, to my understanding, the famous verse where people are going to extract, See, it would seem their angels 
insinuates believers are assigned a guardian mm-hmm. angel. Uh, but in context, it's about protection. It's about protection of God's plan. Jesus is is revealing his part in human history and, re- and um, the history of God's salvation and, and revelation and um, and redemption to people at this time. So it's about the protection of God's plan being revealed to his people who are going to respond and receive Christ and not reject Christ. He goes into this parable about the lost sheep to kind of point that out, Matthew 18, 12, and 14. He goes on to say, what do you think? If someone has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, won't he leave the 99 on the hillside and go and search for the stray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over that sheep more than over the 99 that did not go astray. In the same way, it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones perish. So he keeps saying little ones, pointing to not just like a young person, but to those, like I just said, who are going to receive Christ, the children of God who are going to respond to the gospel message and follow the good shepherd in this context. So again, it's about the protection from God's wrath for those who will respond, because we know we can't follow his law. Jesus is at this point in scripture and in human history revealing you can't follow the law, and he's going to eventually point to you've follow me because we're not great sheep (laughs) that's that's a big point of it as well we're not great sheep Um, we must believe instead of trying to muster this up ourselves and figure it out we must believe the promise that he saves us he chooses to save us i then took them to genesis 12 where lord the lord talks about choosing and giving faith to abram and that kind of kicks off the whole story of, of redemption Genesis 12, 1 through 3, the Lord said to Abram, go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So God chooses to save Abram and promises Abram that through him the world would be blessed And God saves anyone that he chooses by grace and through faith. We receive that blessing, the promise of eternal salvation. God's our guardian. He's guarding all things as as he plans and sees fit. And so Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. He saves us. He's the good shepherd. And God told him, Abram, the plan of salvation and assured the protection of his plan. Abram didn't know the full plan. He didn't even know the name of Jesus. Uh, I don't even know how much he knows about angels. (laughs) But he trusts that God's word is true and is credited to him as righteousness. He didn't know that the Savior of the world would end up being Jesus Christ, uh, who's speaking there in Matthew 18. But now we, as believers today, get to know the plan, that it always has been um, Jesus who offers eternal life uh, when we believe in him. And so I, I said all that to launch us then uh, to the students into Ephesians 2, talking about our purpose and plan to attach to that Abram, those Abram verses. And Ephesians 2, 8 says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Uh, and reminded the students, and I'll remind everybody listening, you've got work to do 
as a follower of Jesus in here today. And God assures, as he did to Abraham, the protection of his plan. He tells Abraham, anybody that's going to curse you or try to assault you or do anything harmful to you, I've got, I've got it taken care of. I'm going uh, I'm gonna to protect my plan. I'm going to guard my plan. Uh, and he's doing that for us as well. Um, and so I thought about, like, what, what am I doing that, that God's trying to guard and take care of and, and assure is going to um, uh, go forward in his plans um, in my life? And at the time, I had, <laughs> I had just tried to take my, I had to t- take my son to two x-rays because we thought he broke his fingers. <laughs> and I had to take him to an x-ray place, but then again, I had to take him to our pediatrician and then figure out if we need, need second x-rays because um, he injured his same finger twice. And in both situations going, I saw a, a student who had kind of been in and out of our ministry, um, but he goes to Westlake and we were, we were like all the way near the airport um, at this Cleveland Clinic site, um, an orthopedic place for kids. And the same day, same time, I run into him, and he's, again, been kind of in and out. He's been a troublemaker when he's been at youth group or any of our events. His mom and him are there. Um, And so I was like, okay, why in the world is he here at the same exact time that I happen to be here? This is wild. And got into a a good conversation to catch up with him, again, with his his mom as well. Um, Just so random. Like, Lord, why did you place that person in in our path again and then the second one um was a kid from the football team i've gotten to be the chaplain for the football team in avon for three seasons now and this kid from avon goes to avon schools is at my pediatrician in lakewood and i get to meet his mom and and just celebrate him and and you know catch up with him a little bit and i figured out like these are young people i've been given the responsibility to shepherd Right? These were like divine appointments at these medical appointments. <laughs> so I'm like, was that just like a random coincidence? Or is God reminding me, I'm protecting my plan for you to shepherd these students and, and point them to me? That's what really came over my mind and, and, and overwhelmed me. Um, and it reminded me, we've got a guardian God who guards his plans. Uh, the plan he had for our salvation, the works he planned ahead of time for us to do, and he knew I was going to be able to um, be in a pastoral role for this student on the football team and that, that goes to Westlake and comes here. He's not here often, but um, I've definitely gotten to preach the gospel and share the good news with this young man and in a healthy way, I think, help redirect him when he's probably needing discipline because he's, <laughs> he's had some issues, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so it was really interesting to, to kind of see these kids walk right into our path again and go, okay, God, God's reminding me that, that there's an important, every t- opportunity I have to talk to these kids, um, it's important to, to point them to him. Um, so he's guarding our plans. We don't necessarily need guardian angels to protect our plans because of that was the ultimate ending point. But then I did remind them that legend has it that the audience of the book of Hebrews were putting too much emphasis on angels. Yeah. Kind of like what we've been doing, saying maybe grandma's my guardian angel when she passes. Right. Maybe I become an angel when I pass away. Um, and we put too much emphasis on on those kinds of, I'd say, fables. Um, 
things that we're extracting that aren't necessarily true, especially just from Matthew 18.10, that, um, that those in heaven, or I tell you that in heaven, their angels continually view the face of my Father in heaven. It's not like everybody's assigned that. Yeah. Um, we put too much emphasis on that verse. These folks in Hebrews are putting too much emphasis on uh, angels as maybe even objects to be worshipped. It says Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, Long ago God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at, time, at different times and in different ways, like Abraham. In these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he became superior to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. Uh, so the writer is, is you know, responding to these folks that have been considering angels to be superior um, to the point of probably worshiping them. Mm -hmm. And so the author reminds them, Jesus is our guardian. Jesus is our savior. Jesus' name is above every name. And, um, and it hit me too when Jesus is using that parable, the last sheep in Matthew 18. And he says, I tell you that in heaven, their angels continually view the face of my father in heaven. You look at Luke 15, it, it goes on to say that um, the angels rejoice in heaven when even one person repents and responds to Christ. That's the context of what's going on there. It's as if the angels are with God in his presence uh, like I'm watching the Browns on Sunday, just yeah. excited for them to score a touchdown. <laughs> and one responds to the gospel message, and they erupt. Yeah. And they get excited. Um, so that's more what's going on there to my mind than we have guardian angels. Um, we've got to remember that Jesus is the superior name above all names, King of kings, Lord of lords, and that's who we worship. And yeah. um, we've got to keep our focus on him, the champion of our faith, also Hebrews says. Yeah, angels are angels. The role of the angels to carry out the will of God. Yeah, that's why they exist, and primarily they do that through uh, acting as messengers. Essentially, mm -hmm. that's the role we see the the what they're doing in Scripture a lot, um, but also through worship. They they exist mm -hmm. to worship God, but they also exist to to act as his messenger. I think you're right. That's what's being kind of pictured here. Yeah, that picture of um, them reporting to the Father. You know of what's going on like yeah. they're um they've been sent um but it's not it's not the angel that's guarding anybody it's the father yeah it's god yeah if you keep reading in hebrews 1 um where you were at mm -hmm. verse 5 for which of the angels does god ever say you are my son today i've begotten you i will be to him a father and he shall be a son to me there's this whole list i'm not gonna read the whole thing i encourage you to do it yeah uh pick it up in verse 13 and the writer says and to which of the angels has he ever said sit at my right hand until i make your enemies a footstool for your feet and then speaking of the angels it tells us what part of what the angels are here for are they not and they are the angels are the angels not all ministering spirits mm -hmm. sent out to serve for the sake of those who are inherit who are to inherit salvation in many ways the angels will act as god's deacons Sometimes they're doers, right? He'll send them with messages, but he sends them out to minister. What does that ministering look like? Looks like all kinds of things. Um, we get two wonderful examples in the life of Christ. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He is, uh, you know, filled with um, despair 
because of 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 what's coming. We, we talked about this uh, during the Suffer Well series. Uh, you know, part of suffering well is having that moment where you're acknowledging what's about to come. Um, you know, Luke twenty two. What what happens in Luke's account? An angel shows up. An angel showed up and strengthened him. It's interesting. Think about Jesus in the wilderness, right? You know, temptating, uh, going through the temptation of, of Satan. And that's such a, an interesting picture, picture because it shows you, again, like Job does, Satan's role, Satan's place. Like, Satan has no authority. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Satan's saying to Jesus, like, whatever you see, I'll give to you. That's dumb. <laughs> like, and that's the insanity of Satan. We can't forget he's nuts uh, as well. But at the end of that, Jesus had fasted for 40 days, and who shows up to minister to him? Angels. Yeah. So they're, part of what they do is minister. Now, how does that ministering take place uh, for us today? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the specifics of it. You know, uh, we know that angels uh, exist. We know that God, uh, they're not just sitting idle. I wouldn't presume that. But... Scripture tells us that you know some will entertain angels and not even know it. We know that angels can take on the form of human beings. We see that in Scripture, right? Um, we see that at the tomb of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I and mean, we just read it on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, in Acts chapter one, verse eight. Two men in, in white robes. Think about Daniel when he's praying and fasting. And God sends that angel, and well, you know, you may get into this, <laughs> the, the the prince of you know Persia, and yeah. couldn't get there, and it's confusing. But how does it manifest today? Well, we can we can know that they're still there, they're still ministering, but it's not like you have one assigned to you. Mm-hmm. It's not like the buddy system. To me, it's it, they're not a like I don't know how you what you know uh, doctors use guys you you see use guys use <laughs> guys. <laughs> hey, I don't know what doctors see. use guys sees, but uh, <laughs> <an angel. laughs> that's right. How you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm Vinny the Angel. All that, all that uh, to say that, you know, at at the end of the day, like we've been talking about, you know, a lot of this is a mystery, but there is no specific guardian angel. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, never mind. Jared, start here. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if, you know, you guys have a specific uh, PCP primary care physician, but you know, that physician is assigned to to you, you say, that's my doctor, or there's some healthcare systems where you see a team of doctors and whoever you can get in with, you get, you get in with. I think it's probably more like that. If God knows what we need and he'll send us what we need, if he's to send it through an angel uh, and why he uses that system, I don't know. Somebody asked me one time, why did God create the angels? The answer has to be for his glory, right? Because that's why he created everything. But God is not wanting anything. He doesn't need anything. He He's chosen to send certain messages through angels. He chose to strengthen his his son himself through an angel. It's part of how his glory is revealed. It, it, again, that first um, part of God's character that, we, that gets revealed to us in scriptures, if you read it, you know, as it's laid out in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created. So God's a creator created angels. He did it for his glory, for his satisfaction, and he uses them. Does he need to use them? Of course not. He's God. He can get anything done that he wants to get done, but this is a system that he chose and to affirm and echo what you guys echoed. Like, There's mystery here for a reason. There is a fourth dimension, <laughs> if you will, mm-hmm. 
there is. If it's if this is true, the Bible, and there are these beings that can come in and out of some type of world, existence, dimension, whatever you want to we want to say it, to to function through life to know the intricacies of that. Is, is kind of terrifying. Was it, it? It was Elisha, right? That his servant's eyes were opened. Yeah. And <sighs> terrifying. <laughs> Think yeah. about when Balaam's eyes were open. The donkey's like, dummy, stop. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, God opens Balaam's eyes and he sees an angel with a sword, <laughs> right? So, yeah. Eh. I'm good with what we got. <laughs> like, yeah. I really am because my finite mind and, you know, I as a kid saw uh, just one, one maybe 30 second clip because I walked in my friend's house of a Friday the 13th movie with this hockey mask, you know, onesie wearing, machete wielding psychopath. And. <laughs> That image, that's that's how I would describe the movies. It's wearing a onesie. It's all yellow. It's all yellow. It says ungrateful on it. Ungrateful. <laughs> but I saw like a few th- seconds of that, and it messed me up, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't really want to see what's going on out there. But again, to, to I think, and I've said this before in sermons years ago, if you met Satan depending on how Satan would want to manifest himself, but say you would love Satan. <laughs> he'd be your pal. He, I don't think he's going to show up with yeah. horns and a pitchfork. He's going to show up and he's going to yeah. wine and dine you. He's going to schmooze. He, he, he's going to... He presents as an angel. Right, an angel of light. He's going to convince you, and this is why you, you see what's happening in the church because God is allowing Satan to influence many in the church, which is why you get all this false doctrine out there. Who's doing that, right? Our sin nature, of course, but that's the enemy's That's the enemy's uh, go-to move. If we can tell people who, you know, would say Ephesians 2, 8, 9, I've been given, you know, faith and, and grace, and it's not of me, and be like, man, but you got a spirit. You got this false spirit. You have a spirit of... Um, confusion in you and we want to cast out the spirit of confusion if we can start doing that and and all that does is magnify and give power to something that at the end of the day like you said mark is ultimately powerless ultimately it's created all god has to do is just think just thinking and, and satan's wiped off the whole system you shake you shake the etch a sketch whenever you want and clear out the picture these things don't really have any power but we're sitting there telling christians like we got to get this out of you you know, as if it's some type of foreign alien. Right. And then we give, what that does is that magnifies who? The power powers of darkness. And it also magnifies a lot of these preachers. I, I heard, you know, a lot of that language. I command you in the name of Jesus, get out. I command you. You command? You don't command anything, right? right. We pray in the name of Jesus. You know, God, if it be your will, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you to heal this person, we ask you to do this because he's the guardian. But all that is Satan is, uh, uh, disguising himself as an angel of light. Yeah, seems like the right thing to do. It seems like a good thing to do, but then it just winds up being you know completely evil. So if you met if you met Satan, if you met demons, I don't know. I don't think you'd be all that terrified. I, I think mm. I think, and that's part of the danger is that you know we have commercialized evil 
yeah. and gone, oh, evil is very recognizable. Evil is a guy in a mask and one is carrying a machete. Evil is a murderer or, you know, evil is a, a corrupt person. And no, evil is much more clever than that, which is why we see so many of us struggle <laughs> because it's subtle. Evil is the internet. Evil is the ad or, you know, on a website for a clothing line for women, <laughs> right? That a guy who's struggling with lust, it just manifests and sees that image and then it gets his lust going. Like it's subtle. Evil is very subtle at times and that's what gets us in trouble is we're looking for this magnanimous thing when it's this often small thing. It's that lie. It's that whisper. It's that thought. It's And, and it's, uh, so much of that comes from our own sin nature. That's what James tells us. I remember I was using the Bible. I was using Bible Gateway years ago, and uh, an ad popped up on the left side of the screen, and it was a woman in a swimsuit. They were trying to sell a swimwear line, and I'm sitting here trying to read the Bible. And as a guy who has struggled with lust over the years, right there, there was an ad, and I thought, "That's evil, it's subtle." seems benign, but for a person that struggles and fails in that area, it's that, it's that subtle, that subtle thing. So evil has all different kinds of faces. Yeah. What is clear from Ezekiel that you read was, uh, that he attaches himself to the empires of this world that are going to seduce people to him and it's invisible. Um, that's the empire of consumerism right there. The empire of what your eyes are going to go to. Um, it's social media telling you you need to look yeah. a certain way or or sure. have a certain number of followers, and yeah. it's these subtle pursuits. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what was making you laugh? <laughs> what the, I want to know. No, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Can you tell me after? <laughs> oh, you just said clothing line, and I just, oh, yeah. like, the theme of grateful. It's just <laughs> right. like, that's like... We're basically endorsed by them. Right, yeah. I just thought that's where that was going, but... No. Not, not even close. <laughs> no, mine got much more... Not even close. It's darker. <laughs> yeah, like the what, uh, what Chad said, what he read from Hebrews sounds weird to us, I think, the first time we read it. It's like, yeah. why, why do we need... What do you mean Jesus is better than the angels? Of course he is. Right. But it's demonstrating that authority, um, Christ is better than the angels. And if he's better than the angels, then how much better, even further, is he still over demons Um, because we don't want to know the, all the details. We don't want to see it all um, because it would mess, it would mess with us. Uh, In revelation, John is given all of his visions through a proxy angel. Right. And a couple times throughout the book, he turns around and worships the angel (laughs) and the angel basically backhands him. He's like, cut it out. Like, like quit doing this. Like Daniel, same thing. Don't worship me. Worship God. I'm, I'm just, I'm a servant too. Like, like John, like this is right. John, the John, like <laughs> the man, like, and he's like getting confused and worshiping an angel because <laughs> right. he's seeing it because he's seeing something that we don't get to see. Right. He's seeing this revelation that we haven't seen and, and he doesn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, we, we, as Christians, we don't, we don't have any reason to be scared of demons. Mm. Uh, we, we don't. That's part of, I think, what you referenced with the parable of the lost sheep with mm-hmm. Hebrews. Everything you're building 
drives that point home that Christ has come with authority over everything. Yeah. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Meaning Christ is greater than all of this. And as Christians, we are empowered with the Holy Spirit and we don't have to worry about things like this. Um, not that we don't have to worry about it. I shouldn't say we don't have to worry about it. Uh, well, we don't have to worry about it, but we do need to be cognizant of it. Yeah, aware of it. We need to be aware of it. Uh, that's what Ephesians 6 is getting at. Yeah. We need to be mindful that the spiritual realm that underlies everything is really is really the cogs that's moving history. Um, from the Tower of Babel to ultimately through Rome, ultimately to Babylon, uh, that'll be destroyed in the end. Uh, it's referencing this empire, this almost, you know, this time overarching <laughs> empire network that's working against God. Mm -hmm. And at the head of that is Satan. And at the head of that is Satan's army of yeah. demons. And so like when we look at things like Ezekiel, um, we have to remember that that was written to a specific audience and it has meaning. Uh, the, uh, the city of Tyre uh, was a very worldly city. It was a very prominent, wealthy city, a very powerful city. And the king of Tyre um, was a person and he is being addressed there. And, um, and, and we're getting just a peek, a little revelation behind the curtain, seeing the, the spiritual forces that are at play that are really turning the cogs of history. Um, angels are not um, simply, you know, there to to pick us up when we fall or to, you know, stop the car from running us over. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, they are they are doing God's work of moving history along. Yeah. Um, everything we see physically, I I believe this. Everything we see physically has a spiritual reality. Everything, mm. um, and God, it's a, a measure of God's grace that we don't see it. Because uh, we wouldn't be able to handle it. Look at the thorn in the flesh. You know, I was given a messenger of Satan to torment me. That's what Paul says. A messenger of Satan. That's how we know he was married. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yowza. Ew. Ew. <laughs> you guys. Hey, forget about <laughs> how it. How you doing? How you doing? Track, track suit. <laughs> Like yelling tracksuit. Gabagool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question. I think I just got canceled. No, by your wife. By my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it's probably the best. You have aged harshly. Swiftly Brandy harshly. deserves better. <laughs> That's true. Swiftly. Did she really say swiftly? Well, no. That okay. was my... Um... I was going to say, you don't hear a lot of folks saying swiftly. No, that I, was, I that was I punched it up. A you little. punched it, okay, yeah. Which I'm fine with for comedic purposes, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. No, the intent was that that was the intent. <laughs> well, she, no, she said it much gentler and softer. Oh and yeah, kinder. she yeah. Was, she, yeah. I turned it into yeah the yeah. <laughs> She's got you a little just for men and some wrinkle cream. <laughs> maybe, maybe just a little bit of this would be good. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. Forget about it. All right, last question. Uh, this last one has to do with angels. Demon question. <laughs> What'd you say? This one has to do with angels. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. In your Suffer Well sermon series, you mentioned the sermon series Be Strong. And Be Strong, you mentioned the book of Daniel. And you discuss Daniel you know, chapter 10, how the angel comes to answer Daniel's prayers and says, Oh, this is addressed to you, Neil. I didn't preach this sermon. <laughs> you, yeah, you, I know. You're but the you're you. answer it. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying. 
Uh, Daniel's prayer says he had been trying, but he was opposed for 21 days due to the angel prince of the kingdom of Persia. My question is, what does the Bible say for current day Satan's angels, parentheses, demons, being over specific territories like the angel of Persia mentioned in Daniel chapter 10? All right. Well, let's read Daniel chapter 10. I love this story. This this one, I don't know, for whatever reason, even as a young man, like this this really stuck out to me. Yeah. Daniel is an apocalyptic book. Or at least there's apocalyptic sections of right, it. Right. Yeah. And that means it's uh it, it says it talks about things that are gonna happen much later. And it's also Revelation's the the uh predominant apocalyptic book in the Bible. And as we've already talked about, we get that peek behind the curtain. So in the book of Daniel, we get a little bit of that too. We get a little bit of this peek behind the curtain of the spiritual element of history. And, um, uh, and that's on full display here in chapter 10. We'll read chapter 10. Uh, let's just read it all in the third year of Cyrus, King of Persia. All right. So let's stop there. (laughs) <laughs> so we're putting it in a he's putting it in a context of fi, uh, his historical physical context yep dating it the third year of cyrus king of persia a word was revealed to daniel who was also named belteshazzar and the word was true and it was of great conflict and he understood the word and had understanding of the wisdom of the vision sorry so that's the introduction to what we're going to read about in chapter 10 in those days i daniel was mourning for three weeks i ate no delicacies no meat or wine entered my mouth nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. So he looks up and he sees, behold, a man clothed in linen. That's language we also see in Revelation for the messenger that is sent to John to reveal a vision to him. So this man clothed in linen is an angel, most likely. Other instances in Revelation kind of give this man clothed in white linen uh, relates to Jesus, uh, an appearing of Jesus, uh, but uh, it's 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 kind of that description, but taken to the 10th degree, like it's more extreme. So this man clothed in white linen with a belt of fine gold, were probably an angel. His body was like barrel, his face was like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and the sound of the words like the sound of of his words like the sound of a multitude and i daniel alone saw the vision for the men who were with me did not see the vision but a great trembling fell upon them and they fled to hide themselves so i was left alone and saw this great vision and no strength was left in me my radiant appearance was fearfully changed and i retained no strength then i heard the sounds of his words and as i heard the sounds of his words i fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground and behold a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, well, first of all, now I've been sent to you. That's a, a, a picture of an angel. An angel, um, the the word, the Hebrew word for angel has this in, in, um, implication of being sent, a messenger that's sent, sent on mission, like to do something for God. When he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, from the first, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard. I think this is referring to the three weeks he's talked about, talked about at the beginning of the chapter. Uh, he's trying to encourage him, to strengthen him. 
and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for the days yet to come. So already we're, we're pretty confused. So the prince of the kingdom of Persia, uh, people take that to mean kind of the, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. The prince um, is, is an, another word that's often used and applied to angels. Uh, it's applied to Satan. He's the mm-hmm. prince of this world. So we seem to be getting this idea that the kingdom of Persian, Persia has a prince that is an angel, which would be a bad angel because it's fighting the good angel. So a demon. But Michael, one of the only three angels that are named in the Bible, there's Michael, Gabriel, and Satan. One of the chief princes, so chief prince, Michael is a chief angel. So we know there are some sort of hierarchy in the angel brotherhood. (laughs) There's chief princes, so there's some angels that are over other angels. Came to help me, a fellow angel. For I was left there with the kings of Persia and came. I've come now, he says, to make you understand what's happened to your people in the latter days. I'm giving you prophecy. This vision is prophecy. Verse 15, when he had spoken to me, according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, oh, my Lord, by reason of the vision pains have By reason of the vision, pains have come upon me, and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me, and no breath is left in me. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. So we see that ministering. And he said, O man greatly loved, fear not. Peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. As he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. And when he's referring to him as Lord, this is lowercase l, so um, we're not we're not he's not speaking in the way of Lord as in um, Jesus as Lord. It's Lord is in the honorary title of like Mister or Sir. Then he said, "Do you know why I've come to you? But now I, re- I will return to fight against the Prince of Persia. When I go out, behold, the Prince of Greece will come. So now there's another Prince apparently over Greece." But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. So this prince comes to give this vision to Daniel uh, about the latter days for the uh, Israelites. But he mentions two other princes, the prince of Persia and the prince of Greece. So we seem to have this picture that angels or demons rather are assigned to certain countries, assigned to um, certain regions. Um, and the question here is for current day, Satan's angels, demons being over specific territories like the angel of Persia mentioned in Daniel chapter 10. So this is really the only section of scripture where we are given, um, any kind of angels being ascribed to a certain country. Um, other than things like we can maybe read it into the story of the of Tyre that we just mentioned, things like that. Uh, I think it really just points more toward uh, the fact that uh, these angels and demons are players in history. They're, as I, we already kind of mentioned, they're kind of turning the wheels of history, and there's a spiritual uh, warfare going on behind the scenes. Um, to take this one chapter and make it, 
make it doctrinal and say, well, this must mean the United States of America has an angel and or maybe Ohio has an angel or, uh, you know, Britain or uh, Africa, whatever, however you want to divvy it up. I don't think that's responsible. I don't think there's enough evidence or reason to do that. Um, this is uh, a, a particular story from God's uh, specific redemptive plan. Um, and obviously this is where the majority of the spiritual battle I think is going to be taking place. Um, but to take extrapolate this to today and say, um, you know, say there is a, a demon over the United States. Right. I, I, I don't see any value in it. I don't think that there's enough there to, to definitively say that. Um, so I would say no. Inconclusive. <laughs> inconclusive. <laughs> Results uh, are inconclusive. It does seem in there the evil angels have to play by the rules of time, but the angels that are messengers of God are bringing a message of future events. So they have knowledge. They have foreknowledge based on what God's given them. Right. To give to people who are players in human history. Right. Like Daniel at the time. Yeah. There, there, there does seem to be, uh, yeah, some loss of, yeah, they are put on a leash. Yeah, um, to some go. degree. Uh, I've also noticed um, you never, um, like angels sent by God uh, will take on the form of a human, but you never see that in scripture for demons. Demons are only, only show up by possession. Um, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure what to make of that either because there's not enough really teaching on it. Um, the angels are only given that ability to operate within that, those constraints. Mm-hmm. Um like even here, like the angels are showing up and they're in the form of this, they're in the likeness of the children of men. Like they're, they're given this kind of ability to present as a person or close to a person. Um, like the yeah. angels we see, you know, even to the shepherds in the field to announce the birth of Christ. Uh, you know, we see, um, but we never see, we never, there's no instance in the Bible where, um, somebody sees a demon that is not existing as part of a being in, in a person possessed in a person except in the garden the serpent well i mean even that is is debatable it is but yeah it's that's the only place where you see it possible where the serpent is satan and you know taking the form taking the form of yeah, yeah. A, an angel taking the form of something other than a spiritual um being. well unless it's possession right Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's it. So like you see, um, well, yeah, I mean, there's, again, there's more instances of demon possession, but not like manifesting, uh, where the, there's none that I can think of. No, me neither. That I, and again, other than possessing, um, humans, the only place that you see a demon taking on another form or Satan taking on another form seems to be in the, in the garden. Well, and then we see Legion going into the pigs. We do see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, and then them taking themselves for a swim. Poor pigs. Good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's anything there, but I don't, I, I don't I either. notice yeah. that like, like that thought the demons are clearly constrained. Oh yeah. Like their power is, is yeah. severely limited. Uh, but even against, I think good angels versus demons, angels are more powerful. I mean, here in the story though, it seems like, well, 
Yeah, that's what's so interesting. It del- you know, that. delayed this angel because he was fighting the prince of Persia. But what does that even mean? Ultimately, it was God's will that, right. that Daniel exists for three weeks in that in that state of uh, fasting, really, in that state of of um, mourning, is what it says, mm-hmm. um, to strengthen him. Yeah, and as a demonstration of faith, I think to God. Um, but even like going back and getting Michael, like what was Michael capable of, or what did God allow Michael to be more capable of? This is part of that mystery. Yeah. And what do angels and demons fighting? What does that even look like? Right, they're spiritual beings. So how do you know if you win? <laughs> like if if Chad and I get in a fight, I know I win. How do you know if you win? <laughs> <laughs> like if Chad Are and I done? get in a fight, <laughs> right? Did we fight? Well, it's like <laughs> two Supermans fighting. I, I don't like your answer. <laughs> I for sure think I'd win. <laughs> you probably would not. Uh, I'm you probably cr- would not. <laughs> That's it. We're doing this. So, Mark, Chad and I are going to fight. Will you tell us who wins? <laughs> Turn the camera off. <laughs> no, leave it, on. leave it on. This will be our best episode. Oh, I don't want you to be embarrassed. So, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is great. Forget about it. <laughs> I, f- I forgot Chad trains in the church. So. That's right. <laughs> God's on my this side. Is home <laughs> this is his home field training. advantage. God's gym. Home field. <laughs> you don't know what room I'll be in. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I would let you hit me. I just want to make it. I just want to. Maybe we could even end here. Uh, where just to make it even more confusing. Oh, I will definitely end Chad here. <laughs> <laughs> tell us. Tell us, Mark. <laughs> what do you Jude. put a bow tie on this? <laughs> yeah, put a bow tie. No, in fact, it's the opposite. I'm, I'm oh, just great. making it worse. We're opening. We're opening more up. Jude verse nine. But when the archangel oh, okay. Michael, contending with the devil, <laughs> yeah. was disputing about the body of Moses, right? He did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, oh. "The Lord rebuke you." I haven't heard those verses in a long but time. These people who blaspheme all that they do not understand. They're destroyed by all that they. Mm. So there's how they defeat the. Ultimately, the angel rebukes. The demon. Boy, I said, you stop it. Contending with the devil. <laughs> right. Disputing about the body of Moses. Right. What? I know. <laughs> so. That's on one of your coffee mugs, isn't don't, it? Uh, don't <laughs> ask a question verse. about that if you're out there. No, ask <laughs> yeah. it, please. It'll be the easiest <laughs> answer. Disputing about the body of Moses. Yeah. Does that have something to do with the transfiguration? So. Um, it's been a long time since I. Jude is actually, it's a very spiritual book. It's only yeah. one chapter, but uh, it is does talk about, kind of is another book that kind of peeks behind the curtain. Um, oh, this is something that's usually attached to... The sons of men. The two prophets, right, in Revelation 11. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, the I, angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling... Uh, he has kept an eternal change under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulge in sexual morality and pursued an unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. So there we get the picture that there's some sort of, there's our, there's just angels fallen, demons that have fallen that are in just captivity. They're in chains they're right now up, yeah. until they're just waiting for their sentence to be carried out uh, in the final days. Um, Demon and, jail. And people attach that to the the Nephilim and the Their sons holding of, cell. Yeah. the sons of uh, the sons of man in uh, Genesis six. That's a great heavy metal band name, Demon Prison. There was Demon Hunter. Remember was there Demon, Demon Hunter? Hunter? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you get the yeah you get this picture like the Archangel Michael contending with the devil. Like it's a reminder that like Satan was a chief angel, and Michael's now like 
not that I don't know. I don't know what the whole, you know, chain of command ever was, but like, like that's, they're more equal than like Satan being on par with God. Like Satan's more on par with Michael than, uh, than ever being anywhere close to God. Like it's that, that constant reminder that Satan is a creature. He is a creative being. He is under the will of God. He's not anywhere near, anywhere near God. And that's what we need to remember too. Like we, cause we're just as susceptible to the pride of Satan. Uh, that's, what that's the trick Satan pulled in the Garden of Eden that caused the fall of humanity. Then that's what we struggle with is that pride of being apart from God and being better than God, but being uh, worthy to be independent of God. And uh, we are we are just as much a creature as much as Satan is a creature, a created being. And we have to remember that we must be dependent on God, uh, our ultimate Creator. So maybe that was a bow tie. I don't know. No, 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 it's good. It's <laughs> this is so stupid, but you know, Satan gets cr- created, Lucifer, Satan, Beelzebub, all these names, and then the other one's named Mike. <laughs> like, yeah. I just wonder, like, how God, and his, and his buddy Gabe, <laughs> like, God creates Michael, and he's like, "You're Mike," and he's like, "Mike, okay." Like, <laughs> if you're named Mike it, out there, it, that's yeah. a, it's a wonderful name. It's a wonderful yeah, we, name. I'm, we're not, <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's such a like Lucifer, which that ruined that name forever. Like, I can't imagine there's many Lucifers out there now. Um, it's kind of like Adolf. Like, you don't meet a lot of Adolfs, right? Because there's that attachment. Yeah, a lot of Mikes in the world. A lot of Mikes in the world. Uh, it is a wonderful name. You wonder if anybody ever called him Mike, and he's like Michael. Yeah, like just Michael. Yeah, God was trying to give him Mike, but he was like, at least let it be formal. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <Michael>. Yeah. <laughs> and he's looking good on a resume. Yeah. Well, like Daniel's built a Shazar, but right. they're just like, they, we're going to call him Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants to say that. Daniel. Uh, also built a Shazar, but right. Daniel. Yeah, but Daniel, because we don't <laughs> feel like saying that. Um, interesting topic today. This, yeah. uh, again, um, a lot of mystery surrounding all of all of this stuff you had asked me on a break if uh chad you you chad for the listener if i thought i've ever entertained an angel mm-hmm. um what about you guys you think you've ever been in the presence of anything? it's based on hebrews 13 is that what you're saying yeah we entertain angels without right. knowing it yeah definitely yeah. not certain but i've had that verse cross my mind in situations yeah wonder if this so is so was that that verse says Practice hospitality, right? Basically, be hospitable because sometimes you entertain angels without knowing it. Yeah, it's another very mysterious verse, right? Regarding this topic. Yeah, you brought up every. I think it was in a sermon recently. You said we've all gone off the highway, off an exit. Somebody's holding a sign. I'm in need, and you get. You know, are you convicted? Do you feel like you need to give to that person? That wasn't and me that said that. You did say it recently. On something. Who else are you listening to? No, it was you. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting... You're going to have to show me. You're getting forgetful in your old age. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I think it gives that picture... It gives me old man strength. Even what you were saying about <laughs> the the little ones with their, their angels that see the face of God. Yeah. That's the picture, again, I think. Yeah. Is angels being kind of like reporters, messengers, like they're relaying to God. Not that he needs right. angels it's, for yeah. his omniscience, yeah. But it's that that picture of um, he has an army. Yeah, he's you know he is the the god of angel, angel armies, armies. Of, of the hosts of the hosts of heaven yeah. refers to angels, the armies of the angels, and um, he has them working and fighting for him 
and part of that is like they're they're checking on us and yeah yeah we that's be wild. hospitable because they're watching mm-hmm. yeah Good yeah point. what's that other verse for the sake of the angels uh what is it oh oh, oh. Uh, it's in luke too i can't remember um anyway should have looked up beforehand i was gonna look it up now but i feel like it's gonna take too long I have many notifications I was already distracted by. <laughs> you have enough. It's time to end. We'll bring, we'll bring it to episode 70. Did we get a name for this episode? Uh, yeah. Either the catalyst for the destruction of Midway Mall. <laughs> the insanity it of Satan. Sounds like an indie band. <laughs> yeah. The insanity of what? Of Satan. Okay. Or Demon Jail. <laughs> Demon Jail. Or Angels and Evil Angels if we wanted to actually... <laughs> let people know what this was about <laughs> we could do that it would make it easier i'm starting to find that well you did you sent us a text mm-hmm. uh, mark uh, to mark and i wondering what episode we talked about a particular topic yeah, yeah i'm like i can't and find it good on you man you went you went back and yeah. i was just like i don't know yeah and i just i refuse to be any help well that's a good that's a good tip for <laughs> listeners all i all i did was like you can actually go to our youtube page and search just the page yeah, yeah, we've so, got a playlist on on YouTube. An it'll search, playlist. it'll search like all the videos. So even if there was like a sermon on that topic, it probably would pop up. So that's for all you kids out there. If you, yeah, if there's something that yeah, a topic that you thought we talked about, or you can just search just our YouTube page, and that would might be helpful. Yeah, evil ones. That's all I did. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was another one. Onesie wearing, machete wielding. <laughs> yeah, what was he? He was a hockey mask wearing. <laughs> Hockey mask, yeah, onesie wearing, machete wielding, uh, psychopath. Psychopath. That's what it is. Yeah, man, lots of good ones. Well, something we'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you to our listeners and viewers. Thank you for uh, these questions. Uh, we'll be back. Hopefully, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> we'll <laughs> hoping we'll be back next week. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, we'll be back uh, next week with uh, some more questions. If you would like to submit a question to the podcast, you can email podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or you can text your question to 440-HOPE-222. Thank you, Pastor Chad. Thank you, Pastor Mark. And we will see you next week, hopefully. Bye.